The Space God Memoirs. Season 2, Episode 10 It was a huge shape, like a six-pointed star brought into three dimensions, glowing with radiant energy and constantly spinning, sending vibratory waves thrumming throughout the chamber. With each surge of energy from it, golden symbols would appear on the walls in a constant flux of patterns. I could feel the power coming from that thing. And even just looking at it was almost too much. I had only been inside the court chamber for a few minutes, and already my skin was tingling, my senses feeling like they were ready to explode. I was pretty much swimming in Atra. I forced my gaze away from the spinning geometry at the chamber's apex. Though my skin still shook and the Atra surged all around me, my senses began to calm down. Too much looking at that thing, and I knew I'd be feeling higher than any junkie I'd ever met. The rest of the chamber was simple enough. As expected from Nyar Tech, there was no control panel in sight, and not even an on-switch for anything. But there were six chairs, spaced evenly on the floor beneath the core, all made of the same sapphire material as the walls themselves. So this thing is supposed to be some kind of communication network? I said to Zarathra, who stood next to me. In a way, yes. As I said, this device is a conduit of the monadic network which allows us to communicate over great distances, among other things. Other things? This machine is basically barfing out Atra. What is this monadic thing exactly? I did my best to concentrate on Z as I talked, not wanting to get lost in the hypnotic spinning device above us. The monad allows us to connect with one another at near-infinite distances, circumventing the limitations of the speed of light, because it does not exist within the space-time framework. Within the monad, all of our minds are connected, at all times, to a vast network of wisdom, knowledge, and information. It is this connection which allows us to interface with the ship orbiters, for example, or use the various robotic constructs we employ. As well, it serves as a system for distributing the Atra and utilizing it on an interstellar scale. So this huge, scragging network, this is something you and I are built? Zarathra shook her head. We did not make the monad. Or at least our people hold no memory of doing so. Rather, our earliest explorers discovered it and learned to utilize it. Through directing the Atra within the monad, one can manipulate reality in various ways. We believe it was placed by the universe's creator as an interface for it. Within the monad is contained a great repertoire of knowledge, notably of all records of the Nyar themselves, the very essence of what defines us. Yeah, that's, uh... Uh, big. My explanation for it is inadequate, I admit, she said, taking a step towards the nearest chair. Once you connect with it, you will know all that you need to know. Zerothra sat down and leaned back into the seat. She motioned for me to do the same. I sat down in the one opposite her, the core spinning above us. Do I have to do anything? I asked. Look upward, 
and let your awareness drift into the core, and it will direct you into the monad. I will be here beside you, contacting the Nyar fleet. The experience may be disconcerting at first, but merely sit back and accept it. Once again, I turn to the spinning core, a star tetrahedron in constant motion, thrumming and coursing with atric energies. I began to feel a little dizzy as I focused my sight on it, like my center of vision was getting displaced. A lightness came over me as I stared at the panorama of golden symbols projected from it. A surge of energy up my spine. The spinning, star-shaped geometry up there was getting bigger, expanding. Or was I getting closer? My vision was pulling me, dragging me up to the core, though I could still feel my hands gripped firmly on the armrests. Then, I was thrust violently forward, fully into it, my body going numb. I continued to sink towards the core, descending into it like I was landing on a planet's surface, closer and closer. The symbols pulsing on its faces grew larger as well, until they were the size of houses, then mountains, then entire continents and worlds, their features growing more and more detailed and intricate the closer I got. Immense masses of incomprehensible machinery. Closer and closer, faster and faster speeds. As I sunk deeper into the infinite symbol, I could see its patterns repeating, the shape and contour of the whole appearing in the tiniest parts. On and on, I continued to fall into it, high-pitched zooming noises dancing in my head, an infinite fractal loop filling my sight. I may have screamed, but I had no access to any mouth. My speed was now so great that all I could see was a pale blur, a sound like white noise ringing in what passed for my ears. Then all sense of movement ceased. In front of me appeared a singular point. That point formed a simple circle. A second circle appeared beside it, their centers intertwined. Then another, and another, till they formed a grid around me, glowing with the color of pure Atra which I had no name for. This endless grid expanded forth in every direction, a shining and perfect matrix. My sight was drawn to the spots where the circles intersected, fisheye shapes like entrances to abstract wombs. Each glowed with a unique energy, all gateways to different fields of knowledge or databanks of information. I knew this by sight alone, each gateway transmitting its basic ID to me as I glanced at it. Planetary database, historical records, interstellar communications, morality rankings, Atric manipulation, and thousands more portals opened up before me in a dizzying array of options. Before I could think to do anything, however, I was pulled towards one particular gateway. In an instant I was before it, the open portal radiating an intense light that nearly blinded me. You seek connection with the Nyar monadic network. It stated, its presence serene, cool, mechanical. Beyond the portal waited a titanic consciousness. Um, yes, I thought. Without delay, I was sucked into it, immersed in the light. The essence of the Nyar flowed into me as a pattern. It was calmness and detachment. It was loving cooperation and cool logic both. I beheld it as a blob of throbbing, spinning light, 
a churning mass of rotating plasma. It was composed of bundled thoughts and ideas, a body of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding collected from eons among the stars. It was a zeitgeist of everything Nyar. Every individual who had ever connected with the Nyar mind was contained within the entity, that body of thoughts. Or maybe just a simulation of them, I wasn't certain. But that thing vibrated with the power of millions of intellects, a collection of knowledge that could shatter a lesser mind. It was beautiful, a soul-melting, emotion-dissolving kind of beauty that inspired just as much terror as wonder. The Nyar might not have been truly gods, but this divine matrix of theirs might as well have been. I was pulled fully into it, the light of its radiant membrane merging with me, inundating my essence. It poured into me and through me, until it was me, until I was it. My thoughts melted with it, my ego nearly shattering before the sheer intensity of its vibration. Then, I knew the monad in its entirety. This behemoth construct spreading its endless arms across the backbone of the universe. Reaching to billions of worlds, connecting countless minds, containing within it all data from every civilization that had ever arisen in the known galaxy. And I beheld the Atra, flowing in sub-physical veins from person to person, in great streams planet to planet, expanding out into interstellar rivers that flowed ultimately into the center of our galaxy. All assisted and guided by this grand network that underlay our very existence. This was the monad, not the creator itself, but the prime creation, the connector of all things, the subliminal framework underlying the physical and mental both. Here, thoughts were things, and information moved freely throughout the subcosmos. It was a machine, yes, but also a living being, like some endless system of roots underlying creation. But more so, it was a thing of spirit, of dreams and visionary states, extending itself beyond the folds of what we called space and time, where physics and metaphysics fused together. In that state of pure awareness, I was conscious of a million chimes ringing harmoniously, accompanied by an endless multitude of golden symbols that spun about the non-space that was the monad. They rang like bells, their vibrations tingling with beauty and peace, truth and cooperation, love and wisdom. Those vibrations grew in intensity until they all merged into one, a unified thrum that dominated my reality, as terrifying as it was rapturous. I absolutely knew that if I went a step farther, I would vanish. Kef would be no more, dissolved into that infinite cosmic light. There would only be the endless fractal system of the monad, overlaid with the Nyar pattern. I would gain infinity, but lose myself. No. Not yet. I couldn't even go there. It wouldn't let me, but I beheld a single tendril reaching out to me, a link being offered. I received it. Its cosmic pattern wove into the cells of my mind, 
writing itself into my awareness, reprogramming my very being. Channels opened that had always been closed, routes for directing the Atra, for accessing endless knowledge. At the same time, I could feel its metaphorical eyes probing my every corner, examining my thoughts, my mental pathways, my desires and my fears. It knew my all, save for a tiny inner core that remained aloof, that was invisible to that titanic universal network, shielded, untouchable. Nevertheless, my awareness fled as a searing light washed over me. Monadic Network Connection Level 1 activated. I woke covered in sweat, my breath shallow, my vision hazy. As my eyes stared up at that spinning star tetrahedron on the ceiling, I began to regain a sense of place, the feel of being in my body, of having skin and hands and eyes. Briefly, my identity was missing. I was a nameless figure gazing upon unfamiliar scenery. It was an interesting mental state to be in, so clear, so quiet, bereft of thoughts and worries and angst. But it was a brief one. Minutes after, it all came trickling back to me. My name, my personality, Kef's continuity of existence, from his birth on Aruvis until the very moment he had sat down in this chair and linked up with that crazy god matrix. It felt like I had been reset. Reset with an upgrade. The monad was still with me. Not like before, so intense it dimmed everything else. But I was still connected to it. It was there as a gentle presence. A second mind that I can imagine being behind my own. When I closed my eyes, I could see its expansive grid and vividly picture traveling down its myriad tunnels of light. But when I opened them again... The world seemed normal. Well, relatively normal. When my eyes scanned the room, every object they ran across seemed to have an identifier. A little label that popped up and had an accompanying visual in my eyesight. The huge spinning figure at the room's apex carried the designation Core Connection Unit N53124. With a glance I could tell it had been constructed 3,178 standard years ago. As I looked further, I was given more and more tidbits of information. Its exact dimensions, rate of spin, and its physical composition, down to the individual elements. Realizing I had very little idea what those elements even meant, I was drawn down a further path. And images came to my mind of complex charts depicting said elements. Three-dimensional illustrations of their exact molecular arrangements, A list of their distribution across the galaxy, rate of decay, and more. Eek. I pulled back, shaking it off. Yug could get lost in all that. Though, maybe he could end up being useful if I bothered to get familiar with it all. But everything had a label like that. The walls, the floors, the other chairs in the room, as if one of the functions of the monad was to catalog everything and keep a record of it. Crazy. Even when I looked down at my arms and abdomen, my very body had labels. Names for every part. Counts for blood cells, bone cells, microbial bacteria, and more. Just thinking about it, I could tell how healthy my body was. How much of a percentage it was for being optimal. 94.874% at that moment, due to general exhaustion and lack of hydration. 
There was something else, too. Something in my body intimately connected with the monad. I could register them moving through my blood, in my digestive tract, everywhere. Swarms of infinitesimal robots, tinier than the cells themselves, working within the body to maintain it at a cellular level, to optimize it, enhance it. They must have been there all along, I knew, ever since I had left Aruvis. That's why I hadn't actually gotten hungry since I woke up at the top of that tower, and why I was still feeling relatively okay, despite an utter lack of sleep. The nanorobots. It felt creepy, like tiny alien invaders crawling through my body, unseen and unfelt until now. I got the distinct thought that they were there for my benefit. They were sustaining my body, enhancing the muscles, the breath, the mental process, and even assisting the flow of Atra in some way. But could they harm me? I wondered, could the Nyar choose to shut me down if I pissed them off, or even take control of me? Scrag, I didn't even want to think about that. So I forced my attention away from my body. Everything seemed all right in there, after all. Back to my present moment. I stood to my feet, doing my best to ignore all the info the monadic network was offering. A quick scan of the room told me I was alone, the sapphire chamber silent. Zerothra nowhere to be seen. Curious. Even if she had fully contacted the Nyar fleet already, I knew Z wasn't the sort to leave me unattended. Something was wrong. From outside the crystal chamber came the sound of feet crunching on soft ground. So, yeah, the Vare were here. Or our rescuers were. But then why had Z left me alone? I had the brief idea that maybe I could call out to her using the monadic network, but I wasn't sure if the Vare would be able to detect it. The walls around me shook, accompanied by blasting sounds. Yeah, had to be the Vare, and they were trying to get in. For all I knew, Z was their captive, and if I didn't act quick, I would be next. Before I could make a move, the chamber rumbled again. The wall to my left began to ripple like water, and in seconds it vanished, leaving behind a large gaping hole to the outer cavern. Within it stood five of the Vare troopers in their identical crimson armors, electrically charged pikes in their hands. I was now connected to the monad. I had access to the knowledge of multiple civilizations, but I still wondered just how I was going to get through this one. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Space God Memoirs. Space God is written, performed, and produced by A.M. Arctos. Original musical score by Alpha Colors. Various sound effects created by Industrial Strength Records Incorporated. Please support this podcast by following, rating, and sharing on your favorite social media site. For further info on Space God, its creator, and various other opinions, musings, and thoughts, go to www.spacegodmemoirs.com or follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. If you enjoyed the Space God Memoirs, please consider supporting us by becoming a patron. Check out the Patreon link in our description to learn more.